a topsy-turvy offseason is over. Football is tonight for the Arizona Cardinals. Here we go. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, hello. Welcome in. Alex Clancy here. Friday edition live Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day free and available on all platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a like for this video. Leave a comment. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Football is tonight for the Arizona Cardinals. I promise I will touch on week one of the preseason. I'm not calling. I'm not. I am not calling the Hall of Fame game week one. Just like. I am not calling the playing games for the NCAA tournament the first round. The first round, week one, is the first full slate of games in respect of sports, not the one-offs, just so we're clear. The Cardinals travel to Cincinnati, play the Bengals, pretty much a bunch of backups tonight. I will talk about the game, but I, I think it's more important right now to talk about how we got here because a lot of things could have gone wrong for the Cardinals this offseason. There were opportunities around every corner for there to be not so great things to happen to this organization, player personnel wise, coach wise, GM wise, draft wise, etc. So at the end of the 2021 season where things didn't go as planned down the stretch, there was some real look in the mirror moments, not just for Kyler Murray and the players, not just for Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim, but just for the organization as a whole, who are we? What are we made up of? Because we've seen Jekyll and Hyde two years in a row. Last year was much more pronounced than 2020 because it was still, it's Kyler Murray's second year. They started six and three. The Sunday night football game flexed due to COVID win when Buda Baker got chased down by DK Metcalf. And then in overtime, Isaiah Simmons intercepts intercepts Russell Wilson leading to the game-winning field goal like that was one of the pinnacles of the start of Kyler Murray's career 2019 was a feel-out year especially after the terrible 2018 season the whole the Cardinals as an organization had to come out of we saw flashes in 2020 of this is what the future could look like for this organization and it was sweet it was awesome it's like well you know what the BA years were fun they tasted success, but you knew that it was a bubble thing. It wasn't necessarily sustainable. The no risk it, no biscuit thought process has a shelf life. And sure, the shelf life could end with the Super Bowl if your quarterback's Tom Brady with the, all the offensive weapons they had in Tampa Bay. That's the old Arizona Cardinals. That's the last generation of the Arizona Cardinals. The new generation is conducted by Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. It is a new age, new football organization that's been infused into one of the more old school methodologies and led organizations since the inception of football. So it's been this growing process of what image, what are the Arizona Cardinals? It's Zoolander looking in, in the pond. Who am I? Like, at the end of the 2021 season, after the peaks that 
we didn't necessarily expect to see with such potency to kick off a season. I mean, starting 7-0, and almost beating Green Bay, and then 10-2, and and then the wheels fell off. DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. We've been through this. We're not going to rehash. But after how the 2021 season ended, there were a lot of look in the mirror, what are we? And then this offseason was not easy. So with the instability that we've seen at times over the last handful of years from the Cardinals organization, top to bottom, that the loss to the Rams plus Kyler Murray's contract extension talks, plus Rodney Hudson potentially retiring, plus DeAndre Hopkins' suspension, that could have been a perfect storm for not-so-great things. When what we're experiencing now is the opposite. They made it through. They've been through the growing pains. They made it through. Bad end of 2021. Storylines abound, national and locally, this offseason. A lot more than normal. Clunky draft, not necessarily run-of-the-mill for the needs necessary to build out this roster. Traded for Hollywood Brown, caught everybody by surprise. Drafted Trey McBride instead of an edge rusher, offensive lineman, or corner in the second round. Drafted two potential impact makers in the third round, one of which they got a pick for the Hollywood Brown trade. Like, it's been a helter-skelter, weird, clunky offseason. Yet now, when we're on the precipice of a game tonight in Cincinnati, It all worked out. Like, sure, DeAndre Hopkins out for six weeks. Not great. There have been nagging injuries throughout camp. Marco Wilson, Trey McBride, Zach Ertz, Hollywood Brown, Kyler Murray. Like, there have been, like, it hasn't been a seamless camp. And we haven't really seen, aside from maybe Antonio Hamilton and Eno Benjamin, like, real emergence of guys that want to take a roster spot, take a starting spot, take a backup spot, which would bring them up a couple rungs from where they are now, maybe at the practice squad or maybe not making the team to begin with. We haven't seen a whole lot of that, but that's okay because the plan is roll with who you got. That's Steve Kimes' plan this offseason. Roll with who you got. Extend who you have. James Conner, Zach Ertz, re-sign A.J. Green, get Rodney Hudson back. Extend Kyler Murray. Run with who you got. Zayvon Collins, Isaiah Simmons, Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, Marco Wilson. And hopefully the rookies, Cam Thomas and Jai Sanders, can add some sort of element of pass rush and run stopping for 2022. Two situations the Cardinals need a facelift in. So hopefully those two third-round picks can make an impact right away. there are still some glaring needs on this roster. And there are still some players out there who could add immediate impact play to the Arizona Cardinals roster. I'm going to talk about my wish list for them next, and then I will give a peek into tonight because there is football to be played. I just felt like it was important to really put a button on, to put a bow on, what we've experienced over the last handful of months because it's been a whirlwind. The Cardinals have made it through stronger, you'd hope, with a clear plan for the future, and that's something fans, media members, everybody should be able to take some solace in, take a deep breath, 
and be like, whoo, that could have got a lot worse than it did. And the Cardinals are hopefully better off on this side than they were at the end of the 2021 season. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Thanks for hanging in. Thanks for locking it in. Thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen each and every day. There's a couple names out there who I think the Cardinals should sign to benefit this roster as week one gets closer. I think we're 30 days away from kickoff. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk about them next. First, betonline.net. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. I've talked about them a lot, okay? BetOnline is one of the most trusted sources out there. For They've got podcasts. They've got news. Anything you want up to date in the world of betting, BetOnline has got you covered. I mean, we're talking tonight. The Cardinals have a football game tonight. And, like, I mean, preseason wagering. The Cardinals are two-point underdogs tonight with the over-under of 31 points. Like, it's it's the weirdest. It's a bubble that's different, obviously, than regular wagering when games actually matter. Cardinals two-point dogs take with it as you wish. Go to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for hanging out. Locked on Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals have football tonight. And, I mean, you got to be excited about it. Trace McSorley is going to start. So we're not going to have any sort of um, real, you know, look at Kyler, look at Cole. We don't really need to see it. Probably see it next week. Probably see it week three. Cliff Kingsbury came out and said Kyler's not going to play a whole lot this preseason. And we're going to see some guys tonight. Like I said two days ago, there are two people that I want to see for very different reasons. One and top is Josh Jones. Josh Jones is starting at right tackle. I want to see what Josh Jones looks like at his natural position because he's been playing guard. Kelvin Beecham came in and kind of took people by surprise with his ability to solidify the right tackle bookend with DJ Humphreys on the other side. One of the better signings Steve Kime has made. And, you know, it's under three mil a year since he's come in. And he's been good. He's been average to above average. And that is an elixir for a young right tackle to not get any playing time. He's not beating him out in camp. We know that. And I want to see Josh Jones play against a pass rush. I know it's going to be against the twos and the threes of the Bengals, threes and the fours. But... I want to see what Josh Jones looks like. I just want to see it. Okay. I want to see Andy Isabella. And for different reasons, like Andy Isabella's had a couple big touchdown catches during camp. Okay. Okay. Um, it's just, I, I need to give this disclaimer. It's not Andy Isabella's fault that he's not DK Metcalf. It's not his fault that he's not Terry McLaurin. It's not his fault that he's not Deontay Johnson. Three quarter, three wide receivers who've made immediate impact since being drafted in a league that the Cardinals could have taken, but they took Andy Isabella. Steve Kime had the opportunity to make one of the best draft day trades ever, trading Josh Rosen for what could have turned into DK Metcalf. But Andy Isabella's coming. He's wide receiver one tonight, baby. So, you know, do with that as you wish. David Collins... And Zeke Turner are going to be starting. Okay, we're not going to see Isaiah Simmons, most likely. We're going to see Devon Kennard. We're going to see Antonio Hamilton. Um, 
And like, we're going to see enough for these guys to be like, okay, it's the first preseason game. This is graded on a curve. And no human in their right mind actually looks at a play that's great or not so great and to be like, oh, it's just a preseason, turn it off. There is going to be overreaction. It was even calling balls out tonight. It's like, oh, the Cardinals are in good shape. He and Isaiah Simmons are the linebackers of the future. Play caller, he's going to ride the Cardinals into the top 12 defense on his shoulders. And then, you know, if he gives up a big chunk play or misses a tackle, up, oh, Zayvon Collins, get him out of here. Like, this is where overreaction starts. Try not to. I try not to. But it's fun. We haven't seen football in a long time. Okay? We're going to see guys tonight who are going to need to be impact makers in 2022 for the Cardinals. Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Isaiah, no. Zayvon Collins. Um, potentially Antonio Hamilton. Marco Wilson. Deontay Thompson, backup safety, still on the roster. I think he was a six-round pick out of Alabama a couple years ago. Like, we've got a feast on the defensive side of the ball tonight for storylines, for potential depth chart, you know, moving around. But I still think that because those guys are going to be starters, like Isaiah Simmons or uh, Zayvon Collins is going to start Marco Wilson is most likely going to start. Antonio Hamilton may be pushing Marco Wilson for that CB2 role from what we've seen with the emergence of him in camp. But what we don't know about is what Josh Jones can do because we haven't seen it. We know those defensive guys are going to play this year. We don't know what Josh Jones is made of. And remember, if you don't protect Kyler Murray, none of this matters. And that's why tonight, especially, Josh Jones seeing some real game time action is more important than me seeing a couple series out of out of Zayvon Collins right now. Next week, completely different game plan. This week, get the cobwebs off, get your jerseys dirty, get some stuff rolling, and start to see what a potential depth chart will look like for the Cardinals when they play a month from now. That's what we're looking at tonight. And that's why I think Josh Jones is most important, but getting to see the young gentleman on the defensive side of the ball who Steve Kime has said, you know what? You're the future. You're the future. We're going to get to see the future tonight. And I'm giddy as hell. Are you kidding me? We get football. We get football five hours, four hours and 45 minutes from now. Keep it locked because at halftime of the Cardinals-Bengals game, I will be doing a live podcast here. Hang out, ask questions, leave your comments. I'll interact. It's going to be fun 15 minutes between the second, the end of the second and the start of the third. I will be here like I will be at every halftime of every Cardinals game this season. Turn on the notifications on YouTube. You'll be able to see it. Click on. Let's hang out every halftime of every game. I flipped these segments, but I wanted to talk about split-second decision, the game tonight first. Who are a couple names that I think the Cardinals should bring in, pay, and watch the floor of the defense raise as it comes to as it pertains to actual play on the field with some veterans that could come in and infuse some wisdom and some play for these young gentlemen on the defensive side of the ball? I was going to locked on Cardinals. Roll on next.
Thanks for hanging. I'm seeing in the chat people are pumped about tonight. You should be. You should be. Like, it went from, oh, uh, free agency just started to, we've got football tonight. And Steve Kime, as I mentioned, he had a plan, and he executed it flawlessly. If you agree, disagree with the plan, never mind. He had a plan, and he executed it. And now it's his job during the time time part of the offseason, which everybody likes to coin, playing rhyme time here, that this is the time where he signs a couple impact veteran players at positions of need. Now, what are some names that are still out there that I think would be beneficial for this roster? Um, Joe Hayden's a guy that, you know, he, he's been a hot cornerback name because you know what you're going to get with Joe Hayden. And what that's going to do is that's going to raise the floor of the talent level in the cornerback room, which the Cardinals desperately need. I think the Cardinals should sign Deontay Baker. He's 24 years old, former Jim Thorpe award winner at Georgia, had some off the field stuff that he was, that was expunged from his record. And those who accused him of it were charged with extortion. Like, I think that DeAndre Baker would raise the floor for this cornerback room, okay? So I would sign both of them. I would sign both of them. And Aaron Kirkby asks, how do you feel about Marco? Like, we don't know. And I defended Marco Wilson last year a bunch because I don't think that he should have had to play the big role that he did when Steve Kime just didn't add anybody from the cornerback room. You shouldn't have to rely on a fourth-round pick to come in right away and perform right away. We saw flashes of what Marco Wilson could be last year before he got injured. We saw some, oh, yeah, this dude can ball. He's going to be a part of this cornerback room for years to come. But I don't think that pressure to put on a young player that early is a recipe for success. So we're going to see more this year if he can stay healthy. There hasn't been a whole lot of pop from him during camp. So I think that by alleviating a little bit of pressure, bringing in a veteran corner or two, it would benefit this team greatly. So I think, I mean, signing DeAndre Baker and Joe Hayden, like time's running out, man. <laughs> like we're not, we're not going further away from the start of the regular season. And I feel like at this point, there needs to be, I mean, Joe Hayden, he's 33, okay? I know it, it's not ideal, but at this point, you can't look at, like, you can't be choosy, is what I'm saying at this point. The Cardinals have made their bet on the defensive side of the ball. As I mentioned, Steve Kime has executed his plan, and it was to front, it was to load the offense the hell up with talent and roll with who they have on defense. That was his plan, obviously, because that's what happened. He's a general manager. He makes the decisions. But if you can bring Joe Hayden in, okay, year deal, and you sign Deontay, like, like DeAndre Baker is a perfect flyer guy. He's a perfect flyer guy for a year. First of all, because what do you have to lose? They've got over 15 million in, in cap space. Sign him one year, $2 million deal, make it incentive laden and see if he can make a career back for himself. I know he hasn't played well. And I know he's had injuries and I know he's had the off the field stuff, 
this isn't an exact science with what I'm about to say, okay? I'm disclaiming that. But the best defensive back in college football, winning that award usually translates to the ability to play at the next level. He played in the SEC at Georgia, okay? Some of the best defenses the country ever sees is always in the SEC, are, and I guess the Big Ten from time to time. But that will translate enough to where, be like, you know what? One year, one and a half mil. Like, give him the James Conner contract from last year. You know, one, 1.375 with some incentives in there. Like, what do they have to lose at this point? So I would sign those two. And then pass rush, like, there are still some names out there. And there's one name that I've been saying forever. It's Jason Pierre-Paul. I know he's 33, okay? But he's produced in Tampa Bay every year he's been there. He's produced. D. Ford is out there. I know he's 31, okay? There are names out there of players that can come in and make an impact. And I don't understand why there haven't even any any of these names haven't even been in yet. Like Larry Ogunjobi's out there. If you want to have a run stuffer, like there are enough people out there to where it's like, you know what? They're doing this defense a disservice by not adding a little depth. And that's the thing that kind of worries me at this point. That's the thing. So what we've got right now is a front of an offense that is going to have to protect the defense. Because since Kyler Murray's been drafted in 2019, the defense has been the more stable side of the football. So now the game plan has shifted. Steve Kime has executed said game plan. And he's now saying, you know what? Doesn't matter anymore. He's removed the possibility of the defense to be the strength of this team. He's removed that possibility 90%. So, you know what, Kyler Murray? James Conner re signed. Zach Ertz re signed. DeAndre Hopkins. Hollywood Brown traded for. Trey McBride signed. AJ Green brought back. Rondell Moore, second year. Darrell Williams. Eno Benjamin. Rodney Hudson back. You've got it all. Now go put up 30 points a game and win 11 or 12 games next year. That's what the game plan is. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, and it's this defense could be a top third or bottom five defense in the NFL. We have no idea what it's going to be. There's so many ifs. There's so many if this, then this. Conditional statements. There are so many ifs. If they all hit, Cardinals can have a top five defense because they're freakishly talented, fast, hard-hitting. I mean, they're everything on paper with maximum potential that you want out of a defense. But we're not playing Madden on easy with no stamina. We're looking at two young gentlemen who do not fit the mold for inside linebackers and Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, 
playing in the heart of this defense on the second level with a weaker cornerback room than expected, with a weaker pass rush than expected, and with maybe the best safety duo in football over the top. Very polarized, very top-heavy. It's what the Cardinals rosters have been with Steve Kime. It's not the same anymore with the off, on the offensive side of the ball, but you have Buda Baker, you've got J.J. Watt, you've got Marcus Golden. But the ifs are still there. Like if Isaiah Simmons can become a pro bowler, this defense is completely different. Catapults to a top third defense. Because then you have another person you can trust on the defensive side of the ball. Who can you trust on defense? Like really think about it. Who is a set-and-forget player on the defensive side of the ball? J.J. Watt went healthy, obviously. First ballot Hall of Famer. Buda Baker, Jalen Thompson, obviously. Best defensive players the Cardinals have. Marcus Golden, even at his advanced age, is still producing 10 sacks a game since he's come over to the Cardinals. He's been the best pass rusher week in and week out. I mean, aside from Hassan Redick, who, who's a flash in the pan for a year when he was finally moved to the position that he was set to play. Do you 100% trust Byron Murphy as a CB1? If, do you trust Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins in the middle of the defense play calling? If, do you trust the third round picks, Cam Thomas and Majai Sanders to produce? If, Rashad Lawrence, Lucky Fotu. If, Zach Allen, if he stays healthy, yes. If not, if, that's all the ifs. If these things work, the Cardinals could have a top third defense. If they don't, there'll be a bottom five defense, and we have no idea what it's going to be. So that's why bringing in some enforcers, some independent contractors at this point in their career would benefit the Cardinals immensely just to like shorten the spectrum of possibilities on the defensive side of the ball. And that's why I think JPP is a no-brainer. I don't know why he's not on the team yet. JPP is a no-brainer. I don't care that he's 33. Don't care. It'll it'll improve the roster. Like, just like when I ask people, I implore people to not compare Kyler Murray to other quarterbacks. Just don't. First of all, none of them are the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals bringing this team out of a 14.1 point per game hold that they were in 2018, which, remember, is less than... It's less points per game than the 2008 Detroit Lions scored when they went 0-16. Remember, Kyler Murray brought this team out of the doldrums of 2018. Sure, it's taken longer than impatient people have expected. They thought last year was going to be the year, week one to week 18, they were going to put things together. It wasn't, okay? We saw enough from Kyler Murray last year to make me a perpetual believer. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. But you look at this defense now, and it's like, this floor needs to rise. It needs to rise. Talent-wise. It just does. JPP, immediate impact maker. Joe Hayden, immediate impact maker, even though he's not what he once was a handful of years ago. D Ford, a little bit older, injury-prone. And he would bring an element that the Cardinals don't have on the outside as an outside backer right now. So, as I said before, don't compare Kyler Murray to other quarterbacks because, first of all, he's got a skill set that other quarterbacks don't have. He's different. And none of those guys are quarterbacks of the Arizona Cardinals, so it really doesn't matter. It's fun for bar fodder and stuff, but, like, real-life application sense talking about this team, don't compare it. Also, 
don't compare. Like I'm, I tell this to myself and this is what I, this is what I talk about. Like you can't be picky where it's like, Oh, JPP is 33. Why would you want him? Cause it'll help the roster. You're not looking around the landscape of the NFL saying, Oh, JPP. Why would like another team would have signed him already. If he was worth any sort of weight and gold still at 33. Yeah. But the Cardinals need pass rush help where others may not. The Cardinals may need help in specific positions that other defenses are already good at. They've already got the Florida level that they want. And that's why with the glaring holes the Cardinals still have in the cornerback room and pass rush, you can't be choosy. You've got the money to spend. We're going to roll it over to next year. This team is in the most precarious and potentially franchise-altering situation that they've been in, maybe ever. Because this is a choose-your-own-adventure for this organization at this point. They've been a losing franchise forever. Made it to the Super Bowl, awesome. Bruce Arians' years, cool. In a bubble, excuse me, wasn't sustainable. Traded for Carson Palmer. This is the first time they've got a quarterback who they drafted that they gave a massive second-year contract to. He's been a pro bowler. He won the Heisman. Rookie of the year. This is new territory for the Cardinals. So going into 2022... You've got your quarterback set. The contract extensions for Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kimes. Uh, interesting choice to many. And the spotlight is going to be on them. Which Arizona Cardinals team? What's the definition of this Arizona Cardinals team? Is it sure they're fun to talk about? Kyler Murray's fun. He's a quarterback you win because of. But they'll never win when it counts. Which is the history of this organization. Save a couple years. That's the history. Or is this the time where they really put it together week one through week 18, win a playoff game, and then you rewrite the future of this organization? Because you know what? If they go 10 and 7 and they win a playoff game, you know what that means? Free agents want to come play here. That's one thing that, like, James Conner didn't have a job. They traded for Zach Ertz. They traded for DeAndre Hopkins. AJ Green was 32. JJ Watt, 32 years old. Two-year 40 mil. Two-year 42 mil. Paid a premium to get him to come here. And sure, he's been a great, he was a great signing. Okay. But the influx of players that who want to play here as a destination in their prime and not Terrell Suggs coming back to where he played college, then getting cut, getting released, and then going and winning a Super Bowl in Kansas City, those days need to be gone. And the first step in making those days a thing of the past is putting together a full 2022 season, winning games, winning games in crunch time, Cliff Kingsbury calling the right plays to get sustained drives to run out the clock and not rely on Greg Joseph to miss a 37-yard field goal to get a victory, and for Kyler Murray to take that step to put together a full season, win a playoff game, win two playoff games, make the NFC Championship game, and rewrite the future of this organization. The Cardinals have an opportunity to do that in 2022, and it starts tonight. I will be there at halftime to talk you through it. 
Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you at halftime and then Monday on a Monday edition of Locked on Cardinals.